Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Big and Fruity, a podcast for people who like a glass of wine. Sit back, relax, pour out a glass of your favorite wine, and join our host, Mr. Dave AC, for the next hour, while we enjoy some nice wine. man who likes a good glass of red wine, your host, Mr. Dave AC. Welcome everybody, let me uh, say uh, welcome here in the UK today, it's, uh, well, it's also many other places, the 5th of November, but in the UK that is known as Bonfire Night. Lucky having Google if you're not sure what it is, but it's where we celebrate a historic event connected with the Houses of Parliament and children all over the land are having uh, bonfires and Guy Fawkes and uh, lots of things like uh, cinder toffee and baked potatoes. Oh, I'm getting excited to talk about it. Uh, and of course, firework displays. And uh, this probably is more prevalent in the UK than even uh, Halloween is um, uh, uh, presently. Anyway, that's not anything to do with anything other than to say that today's Big and Fruity Wine Podcast, episode 112, on Talk Show, call ID double one double two seven two, has the strap line, bonfires and global warming. Yes, it's a bit of a tenuous link, really. You can't exactly argue that all the bonfires all over the UK are going to add to global warming or whatever, but it was some sort of a link. And since I'm not of an age when I go out uh, seeing fireworks and bonfires any longer, and not even of an age to take out children to such events. I'm ensconced here at home, and uh, I do have a warm, warming glow of a nice bottle of wine, I hope, to hand, and that will have to suffice for today. But there is a, a little bit of a link, because I've been reading, and the um, today's show is mainly going to be linked to uh, uh, news items that I found the, around the, the uh, web that, relates you know some of the issues that winemakers and the difficulties of winemakers having to do with global warming to do with de- decreased rainfall to do with storms over uh, you know difficult times and um well that's really what we're going to be talking about and talking of storms and difficult times your host has had one of his own today not really in that literal sense but to do with the fact that as if you're a regular listener or have you listened to a few of my uh, podcasts before, I always have a wine tan. I will be naming it and I always post about it on the Big and Fruity, that's Big and Fruity, all one word, uh, Twitter account. And I also put a picture on a linked TwitPic account to Big and Fruity. 
Well, I've been struggling. I tried about five times and I'm still getting an error. Now, I'm not sure whether there's something to do with uh, the uploading at my end or whether the, the Twitter feed is just absolutely piled up. But I, I, I could not try any longer uh, during the preparation of today's call. But luckily, of course, one of the pages that I will be talking about, and actually I'll put in the URL link here in the chat room call. Yes, this is a live call that's done here on TalkShoe. Uh, the time in the United States on the Eastern Time is 5 p.m. Here in the UK, we're now on GMT, so it is 10 p.m. And uh, that's when people can come in live. Currently, there's just myself here, but um, that's not to say that people can't and do and have join me live on the show, either listening in and text chatting or coming in on audio. And the call number for that is 724-444-7444 with the state or the country prefix in front of that. Or if you're using a voice over the internet or a SIP client, you can do it at 66.212.134.192. And coming in that way, that doesn't incur any cost. There are no charges on the TalkShoe end, but obviously if you're using a phone, it will depend on your dialing plan, how much you're paying for international, or if you're already in the United States, uh, this is a Pittsburgh number that you would be calling. You need to be aware of that. So um, what I will do is, as I say, because we have this chat client going on, I will be putting the URLs into the room. You can use ChatGrabber, use Google to find ChatGrabber if you want to find those text links later. Simply go to ChatGrabber, put in the call ID number 112272, and then scroll down through the choices until you come to the episode that you're interested in. Currently, of course, that would be episode 112, as I I said, record here on the 5th of November 2013. I think I might have said 12 before, didn't I? 2013. So anybody who's listening to me, uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, oh, heavens forbid, 50 years into the future, uh, hello from the past. But currently, don't feel sorry for me, because currently it's live now, and I have my wine to hand, so I'm a happy bunny indeed. Okay, well, um, I mentioned recently a couple of... uh, shows ago that um, although I do get most of my wines from supermarkets I I, I tend to shift and move around to different supermarkets <laughs> not to get uh, a better shopping bargain but simply because I find that I go to one store and I've tried most of the wines obviously they'll have uh, uh, wines that um, I haven't tried because I don't try many whites and they'll have uh, a new vintage of a wine that I've tried before so I can always find some permutation of new wine but it's nice to go to a different general store and try their range and recently I've been getting some wines from Sainsbury's uh, had that lovely porcupine ridge wine a Shiraz a while back um, thing I tasted it on the show certainly enjoyed it myself but today I got one called um, let me see if I can pronounce it I'm going to spell it and then I'll pronounce it it's P-R-I- O-R-A-T. It's actually named after the region in Spain. Priorat. P-R-I-O-R-A-T. 2009. 
it's um, a Sainsbury's Taste the Difference, one of their uh, <clears throat> slightly above average, medium to high quality wines. Indeed, um, the price of this one is a little bit difficult to come because um, when I bought it, it had been reduced from uh, £7.49, so that's been reduced from about 11 to $12 down to 4 99 That's down to about $7.50. But apparently, and I'm looking on the uh, My Supermarket Groceries, uh, www.mysupermarket.co.uk price comparison page. And I'll put that link in because it does have, um, uh, it does have, um, let me, oh, select all, let me just, I was selected part of the URL there, that wasn't really good. Put that in. So we're on uh, My Supermarket .co.uk and we're looking at Sainsbury's Taste the Difference Prior Act P-R-I-O-R-A-T-E and it has it priced uh, actually it shows the 2007 here at 10.99 but so it's certainly been um, reduced down to half price overall and um, let's have a little bit of a look um, there's uh, not a lot of information actually on the page and no reviews, even though that is an earlier vintage. As I said, I'm drinking 2009. So, um, in fact, no, let's have a smell and a taste, then we'll read from the label. Well, as soon as you put your nose in it, it's actually got... It's actually got a promise slightly sweet on the nose, actually, and there's an alcoholic heat... When you dip your nose in it, you, you almost think you're going to drink a sherry. It's got a definite high... Um, you can almost feel the alcohol um, evaporating over this wine. But let's have a taste. Mmm. That is actually... I'm going to I'm going to um, qualify what I say in a moment, but that is a delicious. We've got very dark, intense, very intense dark bramble fruits, black currant fruits. We've got chocolate. We've got licorice. We've got nutmeg. Um, we've got a long finish, and we've still got a little bit of that alcoholic heat coming through. It is fourteen and a half percent, but actually, I would venture to think this is nearer to 15 it's it's quite intense it and as i said it's almost a fortified wine and that's when i'm going to qualify what i've just said and um, this is a sort of wine if you go to a wine tasting and you know the very small measures that they give out at these events but this is such an intense flavor that even with a small sample you'd be going ooh, that's rather nice mm. And it is extremely lovely. But now I'm thinking. Not, <laughs> not that I drink a whole bottle in an evening. Heaven forfend. Naughty David, I wouldn't do that. I try and make a bottle last two nights. But I'm almost thinking half a bottle of this would be too much. Not in terms of being you know, uh, making you too alcoholically drunk because of the 14.5%, but simply 
It's not. I wouldn't call it a gluggable wine. It is a sip of, it's almost a sipping sherry. Not quite as intense as that, but we're veering in that end. So what I would say is that if you bought one of these third of a, you know, 250 milliliter bottles, which is basically, let's face it nowadays, when you go to these uh, these uh, wine bars, that's what they call a large glass. Used to be 175 was a large glass. Now it's 250, and talking centiliters, of course. Um, I could imagine, and I don't think I will, because I haven't got the strength of will, but I could easily see uh, uh, many drinkers making this last uh, tonight, tomorrow night, and the night after, three nights in all. Now, you could argue, (laughs) what's wrong with that, David? Uh, You've got it at half price at £5, and it's going to last you three nights. Well, winner all round. But what I mean is, I must admit, when I'm drinking wine... I do like to take a full mouth, uh, full. I, I do like to hold it in the mouth. I like the mouth feel, uh, and I like, you know, to feel as though I am actually drinking a wine, not necessarily a fortified wine. So, I'll have another sip. That brings another thing to mind, though. This is most definitely something that you could uh, drink with just snacks. You, you you don't need a lot of food, even though it's getting my taste buds going. It's really almost, um, it's a wine to sort of sip while you watch TV, and you could easily make two glasses of this last all night. So let's go back to the label and see if we can get some more clarification. Of course, it's not just one great variety here. Often, of course, the the, the wines from Spain are, Often, you know, I'm drinking wines from Rioja. This, as I say, is the actual area. We're in um, northeast Spain now. This is one of the smallest wine regions in Spain. Let me read what it says here. A lovely deep red colour with heady aromas of black fruits. <laughs> heady aromas, indeed. That's the alcohol, matey. Um, uh, with black fruits, vanilla and toasted almonds. Fruit flavours are concentrate with hints of marmalade and cocoa. Marmalade. I suppose that's a slight jamminess that's coming through. When you hear pauses, it's me having another sip. Wow. Priorat. P-R-I-O-R-A-T. It's the last time I'm going to spell that. Is a powerful red wine. Uh, from uh, Catalundia, I think that's how it's pronounced. The old vines are grown on terraces in rugged terrain with unique soil known as um, Locorelia. It's made of small particles of slate which reflect the heat. Now, isn't that good? Because we're talking about global warming here. The combination of the low-yielding vines... Soil and oak ageing produce a wine of great depth and mineral complexity. This rich uh, and robust red is perfect with roasted red meats, wild game, and strong blue cheeses. Uh, and we've got, um, it's uh, a blend of Syrah, Grenache, and, and this is the third one we're going to talk about a little bit, uh, 
Mazuela. That's M-A-Z-U-E-L-A. But that's the name here. That's the Catalan name for a grape that's known as the uh, Caragan, uh, which, again, I can't pronounce, but I will spell out that C-A-R-I-G-N-A-N. So that's the same grape. So we'll talk a little bit about that um, uh, as we move forward. Gosh, nearly 16 minutes in, David, and you witter about. So uh, no reviews there on the actual um, supermarket page. I'll try and get a picture up. If you are and uh, would like to be a member of the Facebook group, the Big and Fruity Facebook group, uh, let me put the link into that in the room, then please uh, ask to join that. Um, because I will put pictures up there if I can't get it up on the Twitpic later. So, um, uh, and of course the Twitter account is big and fruity, all one word. I'm just going to delete some of these pages that I've now talked about. Oh, and by the way, um, another page I should uh, just say on the uh, mysupermarket.com. Let's do this to just finish off this little section of today's call. And this is... Um, www.mysupermarket.co.uk not com, remember, .co.uk forward slash shelves forward slash, and this is with dashes in between, red dash wine dash in dash Sainsbury's. And they've got 160 red wines currently off offer on offer. And this particular one you will find on the, the second of those two pages um, um about halfway down the page, I think. Oh, no, it's well down the page. Uh, right near the bottom of the second page there. It's moved, I think. There it is. Right next to the Sainsbury's Taste the Difference Rioja Reserva. Oh, I think I might try that one next. Uh, next time I go to Sainsbury's, anyway. So that is um, another place to little look at that. Okay, we're we're going to go a little bit to the wiki page again. Not going to read a lot out, but um, let's first of all put uh, the link in for this particular area, this um, DLQ area, uh, um, this wine qualification uh, uh, for Catal uh, in Catalan for wines produced in the Pirat County to. Um, the southeast, uh, southwest of Catalonia. Um, this is one of only two wine regions in Spain to qualify for DLCA. That's the highest level of for a wine region to, according to Spanish wine regulations. So we get some very high quality wines coming from this year, and the the, the region was given that designation in 1954. Uh, but it is. Um, um, Priorat is the Catalan spelling, uh, which is the one usually appearing on wine labels, while the Spanish spelling is Parato with an O. I spelled that P-R-I-O-R-A-T, and then just an O on the end. So this is a very long-established wine region, and there's an awful lot that you can read, again, on that wiki page. So that's wikipedia.org forward slash wiki forward slash Pirat underscore uh, brackets uh, D-O-Q-N brackets and um, 
as I say, uh, there's, a, there's a lovely map there that you can enlarge. Gives you an idea of the very small area, as I say, in that um, northeastern uh, section um, of Spain. I'm going to quickly move that. And um, let me just go. Now, the, the grape variety, let's go to a wine searcher page. I'll put the link in the room for that. Please bear with me while I do that. And that is winesearcher, wine-searcher.com forward slash grape-583-caragan-carina. Uh, um, here we go. So um, let me see what we can read on this. And of course, as I say, the it's called the Matsula, M A Z U E L A. I do seem to do a lot of spelling reading out here, but it's because I'm just so rubbish at pronouncing these names. So let's talk about this grape in generalities here. Um, it's a black sting grape variety, most likely native uh, to northern Spain. The variety goes by a number of distinct names depending on its uh, precise locality, which I mentioned. It prefers warm, dry climates when the grape can ex uh, express high tannins, acid and colour. This makes an excellent addition to red wine blends that have plenty of aroma and flavour. Of course, that's why it's the third name grape on here, usually meaning the least amount, uh, but it's the third after Syrah and Guaranacha. Uh, or Grenache, as it's often called in Spain. So, um, let's have a look. It's usually grown as a bush vines, many of which are very old and require hand harvesting, as the vine stems are too tough for machines. It's a late ripening variety that is known to produce high yields if not properly cropped. This was once considered an attractive attribute to the grape, but this can make it difficult to achieve good flavour concentration it also led to it falling out of favour. So awful lot more there for you to read. And I've only mentioned that particular grape from this particular wine because, of course, um, that is one that um, I've not come across before in that way on the um, label. Okay, now the Strap Live at Today's show is related to um, the bonfires and global warming. Now, Staying in Spain, but moving to uh, the area of Madrid, there was a news item that I caught uh, on the BBC site. Uh, this was in late September, but I, I didn't get around to talking about it, I don't think. The apologies if I have. But um, the thing to put into um, Google is this. Hot summer cools business prospects for Madrid vintners. So uh, let me just read a little bit, and then I'm going to play a little bit of a clip of a, a little video there. Now, that video may well be region locked, but I still am not playing all the audio for it. I'm just playing about the first minute of the audio. In the last decade, the high-end wines produced in the region around the Spanish capital, our Venus de Madrid, as they're known, have enjoyed a boom in sales. But after one of the hottest and driest summers on record, Many of the grapes have already turned to raisins, and the region's vintners are worried for their businesses. Now, we had 
these heat waves, I think the really last big one was, ooh, going back to 2005, was it? Maybe 2008, uh, when Spain was under a 40 centigrade heat wave for weeks and months. And, and sadly, lots of people died then. But let's uh, hear a little bit about this um, audio from this little video report. Here we go. The last 10 years has seen the wines produced in the region of Madrid become the rising stars of the country's wine industry. Despite the global recession and financial instability in Spain itself, local producers focus on making top-end wines and, as a result, manage to increase sales and revenues. That is, until this year, when they endure one of the hottest and driest summers on record. From September of last year, we have had a third of the usual rainfall, which is normally not very much anyway. The plants are hardy enough to deal with little rain, and the soil is ready to cope with a certain amount of water, but we are third below what we would normally need. The conditions turned many of the grapes to raisins before they could reach full maturity. Now, unsuitable for wine production, they will end up as fertilizer. In years past, banks were keen to invest in the regional vineyard, but now many of them have called in their loans. It stopped there, but of course there's more. Isn't that sad that it has to be kind of used for animal food or whatever? I don't know whether I don't know whether pigs would uh, would eat things like that, but uh, it is um, it is amazing, isn't it? Okay, and that led me on to another more general but more widespread and, uh, you could argue, much more worrying uh, item again on the BBC News site. So again, if you put into Google, uh, this is a piece by Alistair Cross, uh, Best Love uh, Wines at Risk from Climate Change. And this was 20th of October, uh, this was 2010, but, um, you know, it has been updated, I think, recently. Um, so uh, let me put the link in there. So put best of wines at risk from climate change. And, and let's read a little bit about this. And this is talking about a much wider picture. But I'm going to read a little bit about brain, uh, uh, Spain as well here. Um, Carver girls are battling to keep the wines fizz. Burgundy is struggling with Pinot Noir grapes that ripen more quickly. And Argentina and Chile are moving wine production higher into the cool Andes as the climate change threatens the world's wines. Around the world, growing numbers of winemakers believe the climate change can already be detected uh, in the glass and fear that the industry needs to adapt or die. Uh, grapevines, much more than wheat or rice, are sensitive to temperature and even incremental changes in climate. And then just jump to see this little bit about um, Spain. Let's read this a little bit. In Spain, the makers of sparkling carvers have struggled to control alcohol and acidity levels and to retain the nitrogen levels crucial to the wine's physical quality. Meanwhile, uh, in the Rioja region, that has enjoyed a string of fine vintages. The slight increase in average temperatures has actually benefited some of the areas of Rioja. Uh, the tempranillo grape from which the wine is produced can achieve perfect ripeness in the warmer conditions. Isn't that looking for me? Because that's about my favourite grape behind, uh, well, Shiraz and uh, uh, Zinfandel, I suppose. Um, but while Rioja is thriving, uh, 
um, it will be a short golden age if the climate change is not combated. And there's an awful lot more to read on that page. And um, now, this has been exacerbated as well uh, from this item. Again, this is a year old going back to 2012. Uh, but of course, the, the lead time for wines making it to the market is, especially if wines are okay, can be quite a number of years. So another BBC News item, and this is a wine shortage to follow poor 2012 grape harvest. So put that wine shortage to follow poor harvest, uh, grape harvest uh, with BBC, and you should find this page. Again, I'm going to read a little bit of it. The International Organization for Vine and Wine the OIV says global wine production will fall to its lowest level since records began in uh, 1975. Hardest hit are the winemakers in Argentina, where output will fall 24%, and in the world's two largest wine producers, Italy and France. Um, you know, so it really is. Yeah. Overall production is expected to fall under just under 250 million hectolitres. Sounds a lot. Just over 5 billion gallons. But last year, the, the world produced two, 265 million hectolitres. So that's down by, what, 7 8%, 7% maybe. So that's that piece. Now, um, that means, and that has led on to an article this year, so we're moving forward one year now to October 2013. And uh, let me read this one. This was on the 30th of October 2013 on the BBC site. World faces global wine shortage report. That's what you want to put. Uh, now, again, um, just going to read parts of this for you to check. Um, Oh, and let me just read this. This is a nice little interesting side fact. It can be our fact of the day over and above our topic. And this is world's largest wine consumers. And uh, in the top of this is um, France and USA, both 12% of production. Italy and China, both 9% of the world's production. Germany, 8%. UK and Russia, 5%. Spain and Argentina, 4%. And that is, of course, uh, consumers, not producers. Um, so, um, anyway, let's read a little bit of this. Again, I want you to go and check these pages out yourself. Let me see if I can read this URL out, actually. It's not too bad a one to read out. It's www.bbc.co.uk forward slash news forward slash world dash 247 Four six five three nine. Okay, the world is facing a wine shortage with global consumer demand already significantly outstripping supply. This report has warned. Research by American Morgan Stanley Financial Services firm says that wine demand exceeded supply by 300 million cases in 2012. It describes this as the deepest shortfall over 40 years of records. Last year, production also dropped to its lowest level in more than four decades. That was because of the weather issues. Global production has been steadily declining since its peak. Listen to this. Its peak in 2004. 
when supply outweighed demand by about 600 million cases. Now, the authors predict that, and I'll just read this little bit because you can go and check it yourself. In the short term, inventories, that stored wine, will likely be reduced as current consumption continues predominantly supplied by previous vintages. And of course, those people who have been drinking for a long time, older drinkers, may remember the old stories of wine lakes, the French wine lake and so on. So uh, that, again, is another sobering factor. Well, you will be sober if you can't get the wine, won't you? <laughs> okay, I want to read that uh, even this, um, you might think, well, this is good news for people like myself in the UK, because, you know, if our climate goes back to the heady days of the Roman times, when grapes were grown, you know, under a lot of cultivation, um, it may well be that, uh, you know, this may be the golden age for UK wines. Certainly white grapes have been doing well, the sort of grapes that go into sparkling wine production, but um, it's not all plain sailing. Now, we're reading an article again. This is from BBC News from Kent. So I put the URL in. Let me read it quickly. www.bbc.co.uk forward slash news forward slash UK dash England dash Kent dash 18761051. Chapel Down Wines says year is uncertain for English wines. So let's read about this. This is MM. This is going back to um, last summer's uh, vintage, not this year. A Kent winemaker said that the next 10 days are crucial in determining the quality of the English grape harvest. This year's variable weather, which included the wettest June since record began, remember this is over a year ago, has led to predictions that some producers face a poor crop in October. Without wishing to tempt fate, the next week or 10 days are the ones that really matter. About 3 million bottles of English wine were made last year, meaning the 2011. Uh, such variable weather really makes it too early to predict for certain how the harvest will turn. So what I'm trying to say is that um, what, what we've heard from our weather people in the UK is that um, you know, you may think, oh, global warming, all right, it's not good for the world as a whole, but perhaps UK will be a nicer place to live. But the actual fact, what it does, it pushes up the actual variability of our weather, uh, so we're getting uh, more destructive summer storms. Um, and we're getting, I mean, August has typically always been a fairly wet, summerish month in the UK, but the point is that unpredictability is something that is difficult to help in, you know, the cultivation of vines in its infancy, of course, as it is here in the UK. So I'm going to um, just uh, take um, stock uh, of what we're going to do. Yes, I, th I think at um, 35 minutes, um, I'm going to leave a couple of other things that... Um, I had to hand. I'm going to leave those. Um, oh no, I'll, I'll do one more because this is related to uh, Spain. So let me um, put this one in and we'll finish with this. And two or three more items, but they will uh, keep till next week. And this is prior uh, 
Let me uh, go on here. So and so. Let me refresh this page. That's it. Might be that um, I have to just let me just. I think uh, something's happened to that page. It's not. It's not reloading. So I think we may leave it at that, if you don't mind, ladies and gentlemen. And um, I need a sip of my wine anyway. So let's uh, coming up to 36 minutes. Uh, get ready to um, exit today's show. Um, hopefully, we'll be back um, Tuesday, the 12th of November. In probably not next week, but probably the week after, I'll be talking about some possible recommended wines for those people uh, who are going to be celebrating Thanksgiving towards the end of November. I believe the Thanksgiving this year falls on the, well it always falls on the fourth Thursday of the month of November, so I think it falls on the 28th. So the Tuesday the 26th is a little bit near to that, so not next week, but maybe on the 19th uh, we'll be doing about um, Thanksgiving wines. So we'll leave it at that for that. This is Dave AC thanking you ever so much for listening to the Big and Fruity Wine podcast as um, we uh, get back as again, of course, if you're in the States on Standard Time in the UK on British uh, GMT. So with that, let me find my jazz safe outro music and say thank you for listening. Hope to catch you here again. Bye for now. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.